are listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and knowledge of God's people. My name is Jason Rowland, and I am the senior pastor of Believers Baptist Church. And joining me on this podcast will be Philip Castleton, one of our other elders. We want to thank everyone for listening, whoever you may be and wherever you may be. May the Lord bless this podcast to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth. Philip, we are recording this podcast in May, but it's coming out on June the 3rd. And we're asking the question, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? And of course, this is the first of the what we traditionally call the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount out of Matthew chapter 5. And so let's, let's talk a little bit about the Sermon on the Mount just to give some uh, introductory comments and thoughts about that. And then we'll get right into that um, question that we have. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? And so actually for the month of June, what we'll do is we'll do the first four of the Beatitudes sure. out of Matthew 5. And then we'll come back later in the summer and do um, the remaining four that we want to, to, to bring to the podcast. So with all that being said, of course, the Sermon on the Mount is probably the most famous sermon ever preached in all of history, uh, by no doubt the greatest preacher right. that ever lived. And so um, there's much to commend it to us for our spiritual growth, and there's uh, a lot that causes believers to have to do a searching of their own uh, souls and their own thoughts and their own attitudes and actions. And um, when we think about the Beatitudes, we want to make sure that we are uh, understanding the word blessed. So help us think about that for a minute, Phil. Well, yeah, well, to preface preface actually the word blessed, uh, keep in mind that the Sermon on the Mount is, is kind of an exposition of the law. You know, he's going to say multiple times throughout the Sermon on the Mount, um, you have heard it said, and I say to you. And he's really trying to clear up for, um, you know, his uh, the people who are listening to him preach, and for us, you know, by extension, that um, the law is more than just mere externals, right? It speaks all the way. It um, it goes all the way to the heart. The intentions of the law are actually to govern um if you will, um, uh, uh, all the way down, right? Not just what can be accomplished um, on the outside. So uh, that being said, um, and really it, uh, it's to expose our need, our need for something outside of ourselves to help keep that law, right? right. I mean, it really drives us to grace. Uh, it drives us to, to seek the Savior. But yeah, he starts off this sermon with these statements, you know, um, depending on how you interpret it, eight or nine, you know, um, but, um, uh, uh, and he starts every one of them with blessed, right? Mm-hmm. Blessed are, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are them those who mourn and so forth and so on. And so, um, and oftentimes when this is preached or taught, it's taught in such a way that the word blessed or markurios in Greek is, it means happy. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're these things, you'll be happy. Mm-hmm. I don't think really that's the intent uh, of what's being communicated. Remember, he's talking about what he's talking about, what kingdom citizens look like. Right. He's talking about what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. And so um, he starts off here um, with these things that would make no sense if Marcurios 
um, this, this word blessed, um, if it's a, 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 a statement as to um, how to be happy, then it, it, it's paradoxical, right? How can one be happy and be poor in spirit? Mm-hmm. I mean, because um, these two require something different. Happiness is, is, is ultimately based in or founded in um, circumstance, right. right? It's the word hap is the base of that word, and we use it to, for words such as happenstance, right. right? It's subjective. It is. Right. It is. According to the, the, the moment, according to the feel or the emotion of the moment. Right. But that's not what's being communicated right. here. Blessedness in, in this context is, um, it's not a reference to some kind of temporal bliss, but rather it's a response to an external situations. Blessed here communicates a couple of things. First of all, um, it, blessedness is true of God. It's actually a description, an attribute of God. Um, God is blessed, and we're blessed when we partake in His nature. When, uh, we, when we are in Christ through the work of the Spirit, when we've been born again, um, you know, we are, are blessed. This same term... Um, is used of Christ in uh, in First Peter one three, Ephesians one three, Second Corinthians one three. They all say, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." So here's something that is true of God: when we share in His nature, we also share in this attribute. So we are blessed when we are blessed. We are identified with Christ, and so. As we understand that, as we set that as the foundation of, of what we're going to do, um, not only for this podcast, but the three remaining ones that, that we're going to have for this month, um, we that needs to be the basis and, and the foundation for this. Yes. Every one of these things, to be poor in spirit, to mourn, to... Um, Hunger to, and thirst for uh, righteousness. Yes, to be meek. All of these things are found in the one who is identified with Christ and shares in his nature. This is a statement about God's approval, really. It, it is a statement about God's favor. The one who, who has been approved by God, the one who shares in his nature, the one who has seen God's favor is the one who is marked in this way. He's poor in spirit. Right. Mourns. He's meek. He hungers and thirsts, right? Right. So this is what blessed means. And we need to remove our thinking um, from any kind of um, circumstantial, temporal, um, um, external. Right. Yes. Right. So then that kind of sets the stage then for what we're going to be talking about when we say um, blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, we're talking about identification with God. And so with that kind of thought... Uh, that yeah, yeah. Well, there's more the, to it than that. Well, there is, and the fact is, is um, we can know that these aren't common to all men. Right. These are these are specific to those who are in Christ because of the, the list that it is accompanied to this blessedness. Right. Right. This blessedness is known by those who are poor in spirit, right. those who mourn, those who meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are merciful, those who are pure in heart, those who are peacemakers, and those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So, if we have all of this and we understand that these are the things associated with the blessed, we know that it's only those who are in Christ who, who are, are this blessed, right. who, who, who are these things, because this does not mark those people who are outside of Christ. Right. So I, I think it would be true to say all Christians should be like this. I would think it might be better to say, from my perspective, all true Christians are ultimately going to 
be marked by these things to some extent. Right. I guess I'm trying to emphasize there are no exceptions. The believer will be like Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And would we say then that all Christians are meant to manifest these things? Yes, not perfectly, but I think that's what... I see, I see, I think that's part of what's being right. explained. The one who's truly blessed... Right, and we're going to get into this more. Right, is the one who's poor in spirit or mourns or whatever the case may be, but as he realizes that there's remnants of in in him that look to himself, there's remnants of self there. Yes. Um, the fact that sometimes he still loves his sin, when when he recognizes those things, what can he do? He's got no other option but to run to the one to where righteousness can be found, the one in whom truly. There was no guile. There was no pride. There was no sin. Right. We can go to the one who was all of these things perfectly, right? right? Who didn't have sin to mourn over, but he still mourned over the sins of others, right? Right. I mean, so forth and so on. So, right. so it, it wouldn't be true to say that some Christians would manifest some of these characteristics or qualities and others would not, because this would be, these would be the essential qualities really of of every true believer. I do think so yeah. and I think so because really you're only there's only two options you could you're either blessed or you're cursed. Right. And those are those are in direct correlation with each other, right? One right. is you are either blessed which is a statement of of will you know, a, a positive affirmation, mm-hmm. or you're cursed, the the oracle of woe, right? right. Which is, um, uh, you know, for God to pronounce judgment upon you. So um, you either, is this is a pronouncement of either judgment or blessing. Right. And here, that's what it's saying. It says, the one who has received God's the favor, his blessing, the one who has shares in, you know, the blessedness that is Christ's, right. this is how it manifests. They are a poor in spirit and so forth. So absolutely, I would say, yes, this is true of believers, only believers, but it should be somewhat true of every believer. Right. That is that that is exactly what I would say. And I would also say that then what the, the Beatitudes do for us is distinguish very clearly the difference between a believer and a non-believer. Yes. Because these would not be true. These are not general promises or statements about all people, which is typically how the Beatitudes are taken. Yeah, or they're, or, yeah, either that or they're, they're presented in such a way as avenues to happiness. Yes. Like, if you want to be happy, you know, you can't be happy unless you are... Poor in spirit. Yeah, or, or, or even misunderstood, poor. Right. Which is a lot of times the way it's interpreted in Luke, right? It's just blessed are the poor. Right. So people will go, oh, means it must, must mean to be destitute of, of material possessions or something. So if you really want to be happy, give all your stuff away. Right. That That's not what's being communicated here. No. It's just not a recipe for happiness yeah, you know, right. or anything And neither else. is it a recipe for salvation. This is not a path to earn right relationship with God and to be justified. And, you know, I honestly think that is, whether we mean it or not, probably the way most people think about this Mm -hmm. because so much of preaching is moralistic instead of um, founded in grace, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of preaching the law to show people grace, oftentimes the law is preached as a means to, uh, as a ladder to climb to heaven. Right. And so this would be the place to start, right? Right. Hey, here's how you get to heaven. Here's how you please God. 
Yeah. And the, the reality is these are not natural qualities of, of our nature. No, that's right. Uh, these would not be something that we would um, um, be birthed with and by nature attain for ourselves. Th- these things only come by the work of grace in us. Absolutely, and, yeah. And so we have to understand that... Well, that, and the interesting thing about it is it's kind of like what I said about the woe in the wheel a minute ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In our natural state, the only thing that we know is woe. Right. The only thing we know is cursed. Right. Right. So the blessedness has to come through some source, some means outside of ourselves, mm-hmm. because all that we can produce, all that we're um, entitled to, in and of ourselves is the cursing. Yes. So if blessing is going to come, it has to come from something outside of ourself. And that's the new birth, the regeneration, the work of the Holy Spirit attribute, you know, is given. We, we we're given then we're become partakers of his nature. Therefore we are blessed. Right. So to come back full circle in this introduction, um, these then become really um, a searching test for every believer to evaluate their life. Uh, are they mourning? Um, are they poor in spirit? Are they hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Yeah, and I think that if you, if you, I'll just tell you what I think. I think if you hear these and you answer in the affirmative, you don't understand them. Does that make sense? Yes. So it is a test, right? Right. At the same time, if you go, you know what? I have achieved the poor in spirit. You have just made a mockery of poor in spirit. With right. with the answer, you know, right. if you if you say yes, I mourn over every sin. Well, the pride in your heart, right there, should have just caused you to break out in tears. Right. I, because the fact is, I think what they do expose us. Uh, it, there's a there's a, a testimony to these things that if if these things aren't true to some extent in me, I'm not in Christ. But if I think that any of these things are are accomplished fully in me already, man, am I deceived? Right. So rightly understood, rightly applied, and thought through, um, one recognizes that they fall short. I need still need grace. Right. 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 <laughs> I'm under grace. Yes. Well, um, let's begin then in chapter 5 of Matthew, beginning verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So that's the question that we're asking again. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? So, Philip, I think that uh, you've hit on some of this, but, but it's good to think that the poor in spirit, this is where it starts logically, if we're going to think about the Beatitudes rightly. Mm-hmm. We, we must be devoid of any self-righteousness, any self-efforts. We must um, empty ourselves, if you will, of those um, kinds of um, spiritual thoughts, attitudes, anything that would build up any um, sense of uh, relationship with God in and of ourselves. That's what it is to be poor in spirit. I mean, that's what it is to understand um, our great need is not based on uh, material lack or um, it, 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 a need. It, it is based on our spiritual 
lack. Yeah, the, the word poor in itself um, gives us a clue here. There's a couple of words in the New Testament for poor. One is penes, one is atokos, P-T-O, K-O-S or something like that, tokos. Anyway, um, the word penes is, is the term used for those who are poor, but they can actually, through work, um, provide for themselves daily. So this is the guy who lives day to day, paycheck to paycheck, right? Right. Um, in scripture, he doesn't have anything of excess, but he goes to work every day and he makes enough money to survive that day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the word that's used here is tokos. And it's the person who is so poor, so destitute, so removed from any capacity or ability to, to provide for himself that he's reduced to begging. But he, it's, he's so aware of his destitution that he just doesn't beg. He can't even turn his eyes up to the person who's begging from, right? right. So he's so, he's so ashamed and so destitute that he just puts his head down and he, and, and he says, can you, can, you meet, can you meet my need? Can you give to me? I, got, I need something. I will not survive today if you do not provide for me. And that's the kind of poor it's talking about here, right? right? This person who says, I recognize that when it, I have zero goodness, I have zero merit. I have zero, um, you know, zero to offer when it comes to standing before God. I need, I need spiritual wealth that that comes from outside of me, to to sustain me, right? Moment by moment, day by day, and that is the idea here of this kind of poor, right? It's the familiar story of the publican and the yes. um, Pharisee that went in to pray and realized um, one prayed um, uh, commending himself and the other prayed realizing um, he had nothing to offer. Uh, he had nothing to commend himself to right relationship with God. And, and as you said just a moment ago, he could not even uh, lift his eyes um, in that prayer. So it is that sense of deep uh, destitution, lacking resources, but not material. We're talking about a spiritual yeah. resource. It, the interesting thing, like I said, from, from my perspective here uh, is that this is the person, the person who has no resources, the person who's so destitute of righteousness in and of himself. The Bible says this is the one who is favored by God. Mm-hmm. This is the one who shows not cursing from God, but blessing from God. Right. Right? Right. This is the one because only the one who's empty can be filled. Right? The one who has the slightest taint of himself will never know the sal- salvation grace. This really kills pride in us. This is what the issue is. Yeah. Pride is um, that I can somehow, somehow attain good favor with God because... I'm a good person, I do A and I do B and I do C, therefore uh, God has to affirm that. Yeah. Um, so this is really a killing of our own pride as we, we think about um, the, the, the things that are said in Scripture against pride. Well, you know, and the reason is, is because pride, our flesh, will, pride feeds off of everything. 
pride, it's, it's got an insatiable appetite, right? And pride will feed even off things that feel or seem like they're depriving our flesh, mm-hmm. right? Um, for example, monasticism. Right, right. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to separate myself from the rest of the world, and I'm going to flag, I'm going to beat myself, right? Um, and I'm, I'm going to uh, not eat, but once a month, and I mean, you know, and just, just completely deprive myself physically. Right. Cr- crawl on glass. That's. And, yeah, I'm going to do all of that. Aren't, right. aren't I righteous? Because right. that's exactly what you're doing. Right. You actually, in, in our in our society today, we call it virtue, virtue signaling. Right. The monastic is virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. Look how virtuous I am, mm-hmm. right, by taking my flesh and beating it into submission. No, yeah, you're beating your flesh, and you are also feeding your flesh at the very same time, and that's the problem, though, right? right. Because our our pride, the thing that we that we need to be emptied of, will feed off of everything. I mean, it's an omnivore in that sense. There's nothing it doesn't like, mm-hmm. and it and it'll grow. Um, and and eat and feed and grow in every way. Blessed is the man who. Who rec- who God has given the grace to see those things, right. and and hates them in himself, recognizes they don't provide anything in himself, right? So that um, pride, then, as we understand from Scripture, uh, comes before a fall, yeah. And pride then would put us in a place where we would actually be opposed by God rather than be blessed by Him, and and so this poor in spirit idea is is that. You recognize you're utterly spiritually bankrupt, that you have absolutely nothing of worth to offer God, that being poor in spirit is admitting that uh, because of your sin, you're completely destitute spiritually, and you can do nothing even to deliver yourself out of that situation. Mm -hmm. That's what we're saying. And then along with that is the, the, the idea of seeing yourself as you really are. Mm-hmm. Um, you recognize that you, that is who you are. What I just said describes every person. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I think you just hit on something there. It's, it's, it's having eyes to see the truthfulness of your situation before God. That was the distinction between the, the rich man and the poor man a right. minute ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Pharisee even says, Lord, I thank you. Right, he gives credit to God to some extent, but then the first thing he says is that I'm not like that guy. Right? He he didn't he didn't see himself as God saw him. Right? Which was that there was no distinction between those two, and the only distinction between those two would be mercy. Right? That's the only distinction between any men. Right? There is nothing to be garnered. Um, or, or, or worked for in that sense. You cannot provide anything for yourself. So I think you're right. I think that's the thing is, is uh, the blessedness here, the poorness here is recognizing, seeing yourself in, in a real sense as God sees you when it comes to um, merit before him. Right. And that is so countercultural right now because in our culture, uh, the idea of self-reliance, Believing in yourself, self-sufficiency, self-confidence, all of that is promoted so heavily in our culture that to come to this, to come to a sermon that Jesus 
preached and, and read, you must be poor in spirit, uh, is foreign to us. It, it is, and you know, it, it hasn't even escaped us in the church. I, I, I listen to sermons. I listen to a lot of sermons, and I listened to one last night. Um, I, 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 won't, I won't tell you who. Um, it's by a, um, a prosperity um, very famous, uh, actually probably wouldn't be called a prosperity by many, but um, nevertheless, um, Southern Baptist, okay, who was referencing Moses and um, the I am statement. And he said that when he said, who should I say sent me? And he says, you know, tell him I am sent me. He said what he really was trying to communicate to Moses was Moses, just tell him you are just like me. You are I am. I am and you are just like me, wow. Moses. Okay. <laughs> that is it's not only blasphemous, mm -hmm. but that exposes it, the, the problem, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Even in church, that pastor was catering to the flesh of those people. Mm -hmm. You know, they all stand up and hooped and hollered and, you know, because what they want to be told is, you are it. You're it. You deserve you're great, you're whatever. Right. And how sad it is that he couldn't have said, the I am that he's talking about here is the eternal sovereign one, right? Who has made himself distinct, who is by nature distinct from his creation. That's the point, right? Mm -hmm. He is distinct from you in every way. He is righteous, you are not. That would have been a better angle to take than to say, he is I am, and you are I am. I can't even believe, I can't even imagine someone saying that. Yes, and I, you know, when I got done cleaning up the throw up, <laughs> um, I'm joking, but, you know, it was that bad. Yeah. But, it, we, but this is the same thing, this pride. This, we, it, it's fed into us on every commercial, mm -hmm. on every TV station, mm -hmm. every radio station, and if we're not careful, even from pulpits, um, because... Uh, it um, it, it's, it is the malady of man. So let's let's think for a minute, Philip. Changing the the um, conversation just a bit. This is an we never outgrow being poor in spirit, do we? I mean, we don't. Th this is not a one time thing. No. I think this is an ongoing state of mind for the believer. Yeah, the, I think so because it doesn't say blessed are the ones who who obtain this and move on. And, and I don't mean that in a funny way. I mean, I think that the, the blessedness is the one who recognizes and yeah, who and, and stays there. I mean, we all fluctuate daily in, in these things, right? I right. mean, you'll have a, a spiritual moment where you do recognize how destitute you are. And five minutes later, you know, your flesh and pride swells up and, and you, and you're not consistent in, in these ways that that's true of everybody. Uh, that even the blessed, but but I think you're right. It's not something you outgrow. I think this is the mark of a, of one who's in Christ, and um, that that doesn't go away. Right. You you recognize that your flesh is so given to self promotion and self exaltation that you would um, um, go moment to moment fighting that. I actually find myself constantly weighing my motives. I think about my motives all the time. 
I mean, even when I do something that I think everybody else is going, if they if they even see it, they're going to think, oh, that that was a good thing. I ask myself, why? Why am I doing this? Why is it a good thing? Is it bad? Am I seeking self promotion? I ask myself that all the time, and I'm sure that I deceive myself sometimes as well. But but I do. I think that because and I listened to a thing the other day with um, um, Paul Washer and um, and and the pastor who's going to be here. Um, Michael Durham, Mike, Michael Durham, a video of those two talking about sanctification, and the question that was asked is: Is it possible for a believer to to is it possible for a believer as he matures in his Christian faith to 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 believe that he is less um, faithful, if you will, now than he used to be, right? Mm-hmm. And both of them responded in in a similar way, and it was like. Yeah, that's probably indicative of a true believer because the more he grows in sanctification, the more he realizes his sin. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And so, and I was struck by that, just thinking not that it was um, something that I hadn't thought of before, but just be, needed to be reminded of it. The fact is, is sometimes I I I wish that I didn't think about my motives and stuff so much, right? Then I, I, I wouldn't get tangled up in how to make decisions and all those kind of things. Right. But, and then to be so aware that, that so often self exaltation is one of the foundations for why I do things. Right. And I think, man, I've got so much sin still down in me. But then I hear something like that, and I'm, and to some extent, I'm joyed knowing that, well, the reason I recognize the sin in me is because God is working in me. Right. And that's so. Yes, it's not something we outgrow, and and you're never going to get it right perfectly. But you'll probably, as you grow in Christ, recognize that you're even poorer than you thought. Right, exactly. Well, with this idea of poor in spirit, uh, Jesus says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. So there's a, uh, would you call these um, promises that are on the end of the the Beatitudes, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, they will be comforted. They shall inherit the earth. Uh, they shall be satisfied. Would you call those pieces promises? Yeah, um, or consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either one. Um, and and uh, and I say that, and I think in this one right here, it's already not yet. I mean, obviously, theirs will be. For most of us, we think of heaven as the ultimate. You know, end right. Our salvation mm-hmm. is culminated when we're with Christ in heaven. That kind of thing. But as you and I talked about a minute ago on 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 on, on a different topic, um, if we're in Christ, we're already seated with Christ, ruling with Christ now, mm-hmm. right in heavenly places. There's a reality to to that now. So the the fact is, is we are um, the kingdom of heaven is ours now because. I, I, the grace that affords me an ongoing recognition of sin, that is mine, right? right. I mean, you know, the, the, the eternal life, which is, is mine in him, which never goes away. The fact that, um, I am, uh, in, I am been adopted into his family. I have an inheritance, uh, uh awaiting me. Uh, these things are, are mine even now. And um, and so there's a, a sense in which this is is true now, but we'll know it in its fullness then. Right. So the kingdom of heaven 
is both eternity in heaven with God after death and the eternal quality of life that we have now. Um, for example, John 10.10, 10, um, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Right. So that idea. So we, we are doing both. We yes. are living both. So the promise or the consequence of those who are poor in, self, uh, poor in spirit ultimately is salvation. Mm-hmm. I mean, because salvation only through Christ will one be able to uh, have the kingdom of Well, heaven. this answers the blessedness question. Actually, blessed are the poor in spirit because... Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How is it that the blessed, the poor in spirit are actually blessed? What does the blessing look like? Right. Well, the blessing is that they know the kingdom now and for eternity, right? Right. So that is, that answers the question of what the blessing is, the blessedness is, mm-hmm. right? And what's funny is since these are all unique, um, they're not one person's blessed and uh, the next one's mourning. And No, these are all true of believers as we work through and we see that these uh, the the answers the consequences the blessedness actually works out it's interesting that you know it's also true that that um all believers are are comforted right mm-hmm. and that they inherit the earth mm-hmm. and they're satisfied and they receive mercy i mean you see we could go down and see that these are true of of all of us because we're we share in in his right blessedness so then um we all need to be poor in spirit um, we need to be poor in spirit and recognize our need. We need to recognize that the need that we have is a spiritual need that has been accomplished for us by Christ. And so uh, we cannot make ourselves worthy of it. Mm-mm. We cannot in, uh, obtain it. We cannot earn it. Salvation is by grace through faith, not of works, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says. And we must recognize our sinfulness before we can understand that we even have a need for a Savior. We must admit our spiritual poverty before we can receive the spiritual riches that God offers. So, again, we're just saying you must be poor in spirit. And because you're poor in spirit and recognize that in your life and see yourself as who you are, then the kingdom of heaven is yours. So uh, I think that answers the question for us. um, And I pray that it would answer the question uh, for the listeners, there's perhaps more things that could be said. Oh yeah, I, I I preached on this a few months ago, and I mean, I preached forty five, fifty minutes on on this one verse. So right. yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot to say. Of course, I'm long winded. I may have said the same thing a dozen times. I don't know, <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, there's. I don't know that any of these things could be exhausted in in what they ultimately mean, and 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 what is expected, if you will, or what will. What will manifest itself is probably a better way to say. When you say expected, it's almost as if um, you're asking a person to reach down and and muster something up in themselves. Right. I, I, I don't think that's what's being no. articulated. I'm saying here's what is true of right, right, uh, of a believer. This is um, what marks them, distinguishes that believer. Right. The one that who 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 is in Christ, who shares in His nature. This is what um, this is what will mark him. Right. Uh, Thomas Hooker. Mm-hmm. A, a Puritan pastor uh, was on his deathbed, and, and some of the church members were at his side, and they were gathered around, and uh, they said to him that soon you will see Jesus, and you can claim your reward. And he said in response, when I see him, I will only claim grace. That's it. 
That's the, that's the point, right? I, I have nothing. He has it all. I have, um, if I do get a reward, it's only based in his merit, not in my own. And that, that's amazing that we think that way. And this is why the scripture says, I think that we get all these rewards. That he shares what is his with us. And then we cast them right back to him right. because he gets all glory and honor. I mean, it's all his. So Right. Yeah. Well, again, our prayer is that the, the podcast has been helpful and so much uh, more could be said about this particular beatitude. Uh, Philip, you're, the sermon that you preached um, should be on Sermon Audio. It's on Sermon Audio. Yeah. And so uh, if you're interested to hear this further, then um, we uh, recommend that uh, that would be a, a a means of grace to you. And so uh, just Believer's Baptist Church, Sermon Audio. Yeah. And you be, should be able to find that there. And thank you all for listening. May the Lord bless you. And again, we always ask if you have... Um, any uh, word of mouth or ratings, reviews, or shares that you want to uh, um, give us and, and let this podcast be helpful to others, then we would appreciate that very much. Uh, may the Lord bless you. Amen. Amen.